Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Good. I have unfurled my brand new Wrestle Talk branded banner to sit behind me and block out all natural light for this stream. <laughs> How have you found? Because I so this is the first stream you'll have done with uh, this banner. How have you found sitting in front of it? I'm actually totally fine. It's it's quite nice. It, it creates kind of a partition between me and my lady partner, which is you know it's like I'm in my own little studio. And <laughs> my boy howdy was an intuitive to set up. It just oh yeah, it just started. I th I told Pete earlier. I was like I felt like I was watching it put itself together. <laughs> That's how easy it is to set up. Um, yeah. But it does have that fresh plastic smell. It, and you know what? I'll be honest with you. I've had mine up for a week now because I got mine last Tuesday, I believe. It was just before we started doing uh, the raw stream. And it still has that smell. Uh, in fact, actually, my wife walked into the room just yesterday when I was I had this set up because I was doing an interview with uh, Brandon from WrestleNomics. And she said, wow, that really does have a smell to it, doesn't it? And I said, yeah, it, and I think it's just sticking around. That's, and it's frustrating, Luke, because, you know, I've, I've spent the last two days trying to stink the house out with fish. Why? Oh, you uh, right. Okay, well, tell you what. Let's dive into the show because I have got some questions for you, Oliver Davis. Uh, 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 but I go by the name Chef Davis now. <laughs> well, Chef, uh, let's dive into uh, the show itself because we've got a couple of talking points here. The first is it's official. Apollo cruises out of money in the bank, and uh, hey, Jinder's back. So they're related. They're totally related. <laughs> Here is the show. <laughs> Starting off 
with Apollo Crews, who's been getting a really nice push on WWE since the post-WrestleMania season started. Uh, he, you know, moved over from SmackDown. Apparently, he's a Paul Heyman project. Tom Colohue reported last Thursday that Heyman's actually wanted to work with Apollo Crews for quite some time. But now that they're finding themselves with a limited roster, like, you know, all the top stars like Randy Orton and Becky Lynch, there, they've got some time off, it seems, that Paul Heyman brought apart, was allowed, essentially, to work with Apollo Crews. Brought him over, had that great 20-minute match with Alistair Black. Then he qualified for Money in the Bank last week, getting a win over MVP. And then he picks up the win over Andrade, the U United States champion in the opening six-man tag on this show, setting up a match for later on after delivering the stiffest slap in the history of oh. backstage segments. I heard, I think that's what woke me up this morning. I I, I heard that it happened. Apollo, just, like Andrade's like, uh, heel in Spanish. And then Apollo just whacks him back. And it hurt, it sounded for a moment like Andrade goes, oh. And I was like, did, did he just do a comedic high-pitched scream? But unfortunately it was Vega. I wish that was part mm. of Andrade's character. Uh, but that's more of an Angel Garza thing. So it sets up a match later on. They have a, a you know, a really decent match, actually. Uh, Apollo sells his knee throughout. He keeps on doing moonsaults, despite that obviously being the cause of the injury and further exasperating it. And it ends with him hitting a top rope moonsault, misses, tweaks his knee that was already injured. Referee calls off the match. And since then, WWE have announced Apollo isn't on the uh on on money in the bank anymore yeah he's been officially pulled due to injury charlie caruso interviewed him backstage at one point and he was very sad and even did a little cry in fact he was so upset about all of this and i've got to tell you i love it i absolutely love this story because this is the story of a man who flew too close to the sun with wings of wax he came into Raw with his big 20-minute performance against Alistair Black, looking great in defeat. He's then picked up a couple of victories since, qualified for money in the bank, then picked up a victory over the United States champion. And he had that promo with Charlie Caruso where he was like, I can beat anyone. I could do anything. I could beat Andrade twice in the same night and capture the United States championship. And what happened to him? He flew too close to the sun with his wings of wax, and now he's out of money in the bank and he's crashed right back down to where he began well you know where he was on smackdown effectively you know you could make the argument if he if you turned this into a storyline where he then sort of comes back and is like i don't have my spot anymore he has squandered an opportunity and you use that as character fuel last week we talked about how i didn't really like the bobby lashley bits or i didn't really like the viking raiders carpool karaoke because it just felt like nonsense and in fairness none of that was followed up on this week so it, it, none of that felt like character work this feels like character work to me and i love it absolutely loved it yeah you mentioned apollo's initial post-win promo to charlie caruso i thought that was really strong it was Apollo did have the big smile, you know, and whenever I see him smile now, I think, oh, one-dimensional babyface that we've had for three years. But actually, he showed character, and he spoke like like a bit of a badass, to be honest. And when he was smiling, I, I thought that was because, ah, this is Uha Nation right here. This is the cocky, but badass, kicking-ass babyface. Um, 
so I do, I am, I'm a bit more mixed on it. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just trepidatious considering WWE and yes, Paul Heyman's track record. So first of all, I think it is an error after all the great work that they did in that backstage promo segment and Apollo pinning Andrade in the six-man tag. Uh, Cruz really looked strong in that in that bit and the ensuing promo segment. For him to behave like such an idiot and keep doing moonsaults and then going, oh, my knee. So the first one, he hits it off the apron, moonsault to the outside, misses, boom, tweaks the knee. Then later on, after selling the knee still, he hits a standing moonsault. Oh, oh, my knee, my knee, my knee. I'm like, well, you should stop doing that now. And the final move was the, the moonsault off the top which he also missed, and tweaked the knee again, and that's when the referee called off the bout. So just, just from a kayfabe strategy perspective, I I think it's it's actually bad selling, and it makes him look like an idiot. But I think that ties into the character, though, right? Like, the promo that he cut with Charlie earlier in the night was that he could do anything. Like, he was, yeah. he got so high off his own success that he thought that he was unstoppable. And he is stoppable, because the knee tweaked out and like his selling of it and like Andrade didn't beat him. The match hmm. was called off, which hurts him even more because like he didn't lose. He lost to himself, which is why I particularly like the fact that he did keep doing moves, even though he shouldn't have. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad you're optimistic about it. But this it's not like this is a big, long-standing character of Apollo overestimating himself. You know, he lost his, his <laughs> match against Black. He he, he yeah. won against M- MVP last week, but, but really, all, but the, but the loss was oh, it, you know, he sort of, I don't want to say like he counted too many chickens from that loss, but like the commentary team have been putting over how good he looked in that loss. The you yeah. could make the argument that in the sort of kayfabe world, management have put in a lot of stock of him off the back of that loss. You know, he got his money in the bank opportunity off the back of that loss, and then he and he only qualified by beating a retired guy, but it's it's I. But um, you know what? I'm willing to put my hands up here. I might have made up a story and think this is the story that WWE are doing. I could be way off base here. But based on the commentary and everything and the way this was sort of presented, I did think that this was a man who got too cocky for his own good. And I'd like to think that this will build off into a sort of a further, in char- a further charactering when he comes back. Charactering, I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. Well, I... I mean, I... I would have preferred him to stay in the Money in the Bank match, but still have a knee injury. Uh, I feel like him being pulled from the Money in the Bank match, climb the corporate ladder, of course, obligatory buzzword, I think means they've got another plan for him. I find it hard to believe, given how limited the roster is right now. They're like, eh, we can write this guy out of a pay-per-view cycle for a while. So I think it's probably going to set up some feud with Andrade over the United States title. That... That mm-hmm. could be a direction, but I don't see that working either because, you know, Andrade's already beaten him. I, I don't particularly want to see these repeated matchups. Well, and I said, it's weird. I said it last week. Wow. These, the, having a limited roster is actually helping Raw and AEW Dynamite at the moment because they're having to focus on what they've got and it's creating more coherent stories and elevating the characters more. But this week, I actually found Raw a bit like, oh, okay, yeah. We've seen these matchups. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm such an internet fan, I just got bored like that. 
I certainly had that when Liv Morgan came out and they started off that segment and say like, hey, she beat Ruby Wright last week and put her behind her. She's starting a new chapter. And that new chapter was facing Ruby Riot again. And I was like, oh, no, we are. We're limited right now. And you don't have a Sarah Logan anymore. So there's only a handful of people that Liv can beat, I guess. And I say a handful. There's, there's one person. There, there is a finger's worth of, of, of how many people she can beat. And when MVP appeared on the Titan Tron after Ricochet and Cedric Alexander's tag team victory, <laughs> oh, have I got fierce new opponents for you. The guys you beat last week, Brandon <laughs> Vink and Shane Thorne. Yeah. Uh, so the Apollo stuff, the Apollo stuff might tie in to our other talking point because we got the return of Jinder Mahal on this show, former WWE champion, oh, modern-day Maharaja. And they hammered back. home that point that he's a former... Like, he was introduced as former WWE champion Jinder Mahal. His whole promo package beforehand was that he was a former champion. He's a former top guy in this company. They want you to know that he is going to be a top guy again. And of all the guys you've got, who uh, seem quite happy to job, they put Akira Tozawa in this spot, who, who who genuinely somehow has a connection with no fans. <laughs> he gets over to an empty arena. That's how good he is. But no, he's just been a job guy for weeks, and he didn't even get any semblance of offense in here. Jinder Mahal comes out after his video package and squashes him. Uh... And I I think these two things are connected. I was going to say... Think, oh, God, there you go. Yeah, I think Apollo getting pulled from the raw side of the Climb the Corporate Ladder, Money in the Bank match, and Jinder Mahal coming back, I now think the darkest timeline isn't Baron Corbin winning the briefcase for a second time although good god i can hear that now in my ears in the ring announcing he retired kurt angle this place's favorite son king of the ring winner two-time money in the bank randy orton's won it twice right yeah and edge has won it twice edge has won it twice so he wouldn't be the first well he's had the, he's had the briefcase game. twice um punk's won it twice ah uh so yes i think jinder mahal is going to get the Apollo spot and then potentially win to set up a Drew McIntyre feud. And I, I mean, I could totally, absolutely 100% see that because, you know, heat and all of that. But also, I, you talk about Akira Tozawa. I think this is what this is, all of Akira Tozawa's losses have been building to because all of Akira Tozawa's losses have been competitive losses for him. So, you know, he had a competitive match against Andrade, but it was to put Andrade over. A competitive match against someone else to put that other person over. But he was always getting, you know, he was doing his big um, sentons off the apron and things like that. It was all so Jinder could squash him quickly to make you, the viewer, think like, whoa, well, Jinder's hard then. Because Akira Tozawa put up a great, you know, he put up a lot of fight against blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah, de, blah. And Jinder just came in and killed him, which makes Jinder look good. And J nothing says. Oh, sorry. I was going to say. Then Jinder can win Money in the Bank. He can cash in on Drew, and we can get Drew versus Jinder over the WWE Championship. It's Seth's a red herring. We all think that Seth is going to take the belt off of him. Seth's a red herring. He's the transitional feuder for the real meat of Drew versus Jinder. 
and I know I know the comments are going to be exploding right now, being like, "Yay, three MB reunion! We just need Heath Slater in here as well." That's not what you want. You've got to stop this ironic chanting. Look, it's fu- it's funny. It's funny to say, "Yeah, all three MB will be in the main event, feuding over the top titles in WWE," but it won't work. It will not be fun when it starts happening. Keep it on the fantasy booking joke pile. Let's not make it an actual thing, which I'm really scared it will end up being before the end of the next month. I honestly thought the 3MB thing had died 10 years ago. Like, that's when I thought that the 3MB thing was at its height. I'm still, I'm amazed now there are still people going like, hey, we just need Heath now. Heath Heath Slater to win a world championship and then we'll be happy. Mm, It's a joke. It's an internet (laughs) joke that people have said so much that they now think it's a good idea. (laughs) Well done, Internet. You've been too ironic for your own good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, Podswafters. If you're listening to this right now, I want you to take a second and look down. When was the last time you shaved your giggleberries? It's been a while, don't lie. So let's thank today's sponsor, Manscaped, for holding people like you accountable to getting rid of the funk and shave your junk. Especially during this time, we're not letting our hair grow wild, so sort out your big hairy balls too. 
and you don't have to worry about cuts thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. They've also got anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. I mean, I put deodorant on my body, so I guess I should also put it on the smelliest part of my body as well. Just because I'm not going out the house doesn't mean I shouldn't let my undertakers stink up the house. And when you purchase the new Perfect Package 3.0 kit at Manscaped.com, for a limited time only, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts! The Shed Travel Bag worth $39, and the high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs, which, true story, I'm wearing right now. So am I, and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code WRESTLETALK at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code WRESTLETALK to get 20% off and free international shipping to the US, Canada, Australia, and even here in the United Kingdom. Support WrestleTalk, support Manscaped, support your balls, and use the code WrestleTalk at manscaped.com. You'll need some tidy balls. Well, thank you. get into some sit, sit, sit super chats to see what everyone thinks let's do it we've got the shower lurker should have known apollo's three-week push would end i don't think it's a an end of a push by any means no absolutely not now again i think this is just the start this is I, I think it is all part of character i think this is just the next evolution of a character and i'm i'm all, i'm all for that uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad, has uh, an opinion on something we haven't actually talked about uh, yet, and that is WWE Battlegrounds. Oh. <laughs> uh, they they write, God, that Battlegrounds game looks like crap. Flair and Lynch look like dwarves from World of Warcraft. Because <laughs> they've got the big cartoon heads and smaller bodies. Also, the ending segment of Raw was awesome. It was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what are your thoughts on Battlegrounds? I have l- almost no thoughts on it whatsoever. Uh, I mean, I, I, I did post up on Twitter yesterday that I thought it was funny that we as wrestling fans have been asking 2K to make an arcade game. And then they have made an arcade game and we've all looked at it and been like, yeah, but not like that. Like, we were like... <laughs> what we wanted was Smackdown, Here Comes the Pain. What they've given us is a very, very bad... And do you know what? Maybe the game will be fun. It probably, like, you know, it, it could be absolutely pants. It could be great. We don't know. We've seen 18 seconds worth of, of footage of it. All we know is that The Rock and Austin look fine. And Cena looks fine, but Becky Lynch and Becky Lynch has got a bulge. She has got a bulge in her pants, so it looks like they have got like one character model, and they have just put faces over the top of that. And yeah, like her and Charlotte just looked like absolute monstrosities. I don't know what they were thinking with that. So Laurie uh, El Fakador uh, in our little private chat. Uh, Laurie used to do a lot of video game stuff, um, so he's a man in the know. He, he said, it's basically another WWE All-Stars. Oof, it's made by the same team who made 2K Playgrounds. Legitimately one of the worst games I've ever played. Yes, but did you not see 2K's press release where they said that they are learning things? <laughs> so um, it, fans of uh, who might miss Housemate Simon, he posted up a very, very funny video on Twitter yesterday, which was him going through like Twitter reactions to uh the, this battlegrounds announcement thing and 2k's press release 
where they were like, hey, we're learning things about video games. Like, you're a video game publisher. Like, you should already know things about video games. But no, apparently they're only just learning. Mm. Uh, I'll just do two more. Gazzatola of Rock and Roller has uh, said, I've been sent a second Indie Mania shirt, but only ordered one. If it was just a random top, I'd keep quiet. But since it's to raise money, I've emailed the merch team to pay for the second one. Not got a reply, though. Can you help? Uh, Yes, Gazzatola, hello at WrestleTalkMerch.com should should get back to you they're the sort of that's the contact one if you've been trying to because a lot of people try and reach out to the wrong email addresses so try that there if not uh oli at wrestletalk.com that's my email address and ethan aldana hey guys just want to say thank you for continuing to entertain us during these tough times we'll always be a fan of you guys support wrestle talk thank you can i just do a quick one because we've had one in on uh, oh, yeah. Streamyard as well Streamlabs rather which is available via this link down below and it is from your boy uh jobber jj who says first of all how are you guys doing and coping aew at some point should book this match the revolt versus the young bucks versus gallows and anderson versus lucha brothers versus santana and ortiz in a ladder match oh i it's too much, man. I, I, it's, it's that's fun, but yet three, three teams for a ladder match is more than enough. It'll yeah. get lost in the craziness. Otherwise, completely agree. Keep, keep ladder matches simple. So. Uh, raw play-by-play let's go through this segment by segment it opened with Samoa Joe on commentary yes please and I thought to myself ah so they haven't wheeled out Jerry Lawler for commentary that's the right thing to do I thought the exact same thing I was like finally someone's told him to stay home that's good he's massively at risk he doesn't need to be there and then he's in the main event segment for a minute I was going to say, and why was he in the main event segment? What did Jerry Lawler add to that segment? Uh, we'll get to that later. It was an excellent main event segment elsewhere, though. Um, MVP was hosting a VIP lounge segment with all the Raw qualified wrestlers so far, uh, which are Rey Mysterio, Apollo Crews, and Alistair Black. And then out came Zelina Vega and her gang of sexy men. I smell a six-man tag player. Uh, did you see my my raw review of this yet? I have not, no. At this bit, I say, out comes Lena Vega to interrupt. What heels? But we crash <laughs> zoom in on her epic platform heels. I have written in my notes here, Vega's boots are insane. I mean, I... Look, I spend a lot of my time looking at what Selena Vega's wearing. But I feel like she's leaning into this recently. Like, she was definitely J-Lo last week, and here she was... It was so over the top. I, I really appreciate how she's dressing for the role of arrogant heel manager. Those the spikes and platforms on her boots were nuts. Like... If she had, if she fell, like if she had buckled or something, she would have fallen legit another two feet because she was that high off the ground. And she's not tall. No, that's like no, no, taller no. She than was, her. Yeah, she was nearly as tall as the Big Show with those platforms on. It was, it was, it was absolutely nuts. But not six foot seven. The forbidden no, height. Oh, well, no, not that obviously. 
I thought this was a really good six man. Like, I, I've, th th if you have this quality of worker, and it's one of the great strengths of this era we're living through right now. The crowd aren't there, but my god, the in-ring wrestling is slick. Yeah, it's funny. Have you seen a lot of people share around that same image of the 2006 locker room or whatever it is? It's like we're all so it's like this panoramic shot, and you've got like JBL and Batista and Triple H and this, that, and the other, and all of them like lined up, and everyone stares like, "Wow, like what a stacked roster!" I'm like, absolutely not. Like what they have <laughs> now is a stacked roster because <laughs> that group of people out there, like in that picture, wouldn't have been able to put on the same quality of match that we have right here in this sort of like mid-card area that we've got. And I thought it was a, re I mean, and it went long as well. Like it went like 25-ish mm. minutes. It went a really long time. And it was a very simple thing. It was just, you know, baby faces run wild, ad break, heels work over black, Ray gets a hot tag. Ray gets worked over by the heels. And then Cruz gets the hot tag. Everyone does moves, Cruz wins. Like it's, you know, in note form, it's six spots. But they actually put in a great amount of work. Austin Theory still doesn't have a character, but they were doing very good in-ring work. That's it. That was my only criticism. That again, Austin Theory didn't do anything wrong. I didn't stand out either. And, and really, you nope. need to when Angel Garza is out there just having <laughs> amazing chemistry with no one. Yeah. Well, it, it says a lot, really, when you look at like Vega's group of sexy men. Vega has a character. Andrade now has a, you know, he's got even more of a character because he's angry at the other two guys because, you know, they lost here and he blames them. And he's also got some, you know, something going on with Apollo. Angel Garza has got a feud going with Charlie Caruso. And and now Austin Theory is the only member of this foursome that is doing nothing. He's just there. It's, look, I love Paul Heyman, but he's got this really infuriating trait and it's, you know, we criticise Vince Red all the time. Just chucking people into roles to fill roles. We saw <laughs> yeah. it with Liv Morgan. We know now that there was no plan behind Liv Morgan just popping up in Lana's wedding and implying that they were former lovers. It was purely a shock tactic. There was no, no follow-up there. I, it's a, Austin Theory was just chucked into this team. Yes, they their backs were against the wall, but, you know, they, they haven't really done anything to fix that going forward. Um, no. After that, we got the the slap heard around the <laughs> social distancing times. My God, that is that is what I want to do to coronavirus. <laughs> I just want to slap it across the face that hard. And do then, we want to talk about uh, do we want to talk about all the Triple H stuff? Well, yeah. Then this we, we won't do each individual bit, but they it seemed to be going in and out of breaks. We got a countdown of e of, of Triple H's top ten career moments. And yeah, they were just, you know, to Triple H's, some were amazing, some were a little bit annoying. I would argue about 40% of these were career moments because like the one with Trish, I'd argue that's not a career moment for I, him. I, I don't, don't mind though. Like, you know, some something like, you've got a funny. balance between comedy and that is, I do, like, that is a memorable segment. Okay, but in this kayfabe world where they're celebrating 25 years of Triple H saying like, these are the greatest moments of his career. A backstage segment with Trish Stratus is not one of the greatest moments of his career. You know, like him versus Rocket SummerSlam in their ladder match over the IC title. That is a great moment. Uh, I, you know, I probably would have picked that over Rock versus Triple H on the first episode of SmackDown. Possibly. It's look, it's sports entertainment. 
that's that's it's the top 10 career sports entertainment moments i didn't have a problem with it because i knew exactly what i was what as soon as they said here's <laughs> triple h's top 10 moments according to us i was like oh yeah we're gonna get the the, the sort of invasion of nitro up there pretty yeah. high we're gonna get the vince mcmahon impression uh, <laughs> Uh, but I did th- think at one point their, their number one thing was going to be he tore his quad. I, <laughs> <laughs> that was, I was like, guys. I must say, though, that was quite an inspired thing to put at number one, though. And it really is one of the, the all-time great comebacks. That, that pop at Madison Square Garden, dear God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and actually it ties into that Apollo storyline as well. Kind of. Uh, so <clears throat> then we got Asuka coming out and cutting a promo. Uh, d- just shows again that management are pretty high on her and they're putting, them out, putting her out there a lot more. And I was genuinely looking forward to this match. Ahead of the Money in the Bank match, we've got Shayna Baszler versus Nia Jax versus Asuka. Yes. Yeah. They didn't I- do it. Well, I was going to, and I knew they weren't going to do it as soon as they announced this match. Because I looked at those three and I was like, well, you're not pinning Asuka. You're not pinning Baszler. You're not pinning Jax. They're the only way to end this match is to not do it. And that's exactly what they didn't. That's exactly what they did. So, like, Baszler pulls Asuka out of the ring. Then Nia gets involved. Everyone just brawls around ringside. They can sort of get tossed into ladders a little bit. And then Nia just stands in the ring and her music plays. I guess she won? Oh, my God. It was so awkward. It's like... Look, again, we said this last week after the botch on Kyrie saying, we are trying our best to like Nia Jax. (laughs) We are supporters of Nia Jax. But it was her fault last week for being reckless with saying, here, it's WWE's fault for making her look (laughs) stupid. She looks so stilted. She looked like the most artificial person playing a professional wrestler this year so far. Yeah. But like, as soon as they announced this match, I was like, there's no way this is actually getting a finish. Or it, even be like Philip said, the match never even started. Yeah, it, it's very frustrating because there is a way to, you know, advertise this match to clickbait people in. But then you sort of deliver in a way that doesn't have to beat anyone. You know, you, ju- you just do a crazy brawl and you know mm-hmm. film it cinematically uh, yeah, or, or just have some big spot where people that th- this was a very lazy ending. And I thought I th- it was cheap. Um, then we got Bobby Lashley telling Lana to stay backstage because she's distracting him. And then he came out and squashed Denzel Dejonet. Yeah, so that tire flipping stuff last week means absolutely diddly squat. I, we're, you know, we're, we're back to where we were two weeks ago. Maybe Denzel's family owns a mechanics. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Uh, you've already alluded to it. Then we got Liv Morgan beating <laughs> Ruby Riot. Pretty good short match, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Liv here. kicking out of the Riot kick. That was different. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I've written here. They put over that Liv has put Ruby behind her. Then they announce a rematch. It was so. This was really stilted because the commentary were putting over how Liv beat Ruby last week, and that was the end of that story. And then they have to cut to a graphic where they were like, and they're having a rematch next. <laughs> okay, why? And th- what was achieved by this? I did, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think they're just, they've run out of people to face off against each other. And like, oh, do we, 
does Liv beat a, an NXT talent or some enhancement squash thing? No, let's put her against Ruby again. It's it's lazy, unfortunately. Uh, but they, I think they did do the, the the kick out of the riot kick was pretty good. Um, and then Byron Saxton interviewed her afterwards, being like, "What next?" And Liv said, yeah, "Oh, said- I've had so many chapters. I'm still trying to figure out who I am." Yeah, didn't really give any answers. Yeah, I feel bad for Liv in all of this because I know she's got her supporters and I know that people in our comment section really like Liv. I have just been given zero reason to care about Liv Morgan pretty much since NXT. Mm. Like, even when she was in NXT, I was given no reason to care about her. And I've been given even less reason to care about her on the main roster. But they keep presenting her like it's a thing. I don't really know. Should have been Sister Abigail. Then we got Charlie Caruso speaking to Nia Jax, who cut a... Me, it. She definitely put effort in, but oh that yeah, oh yeah, that was effort. Mean it was good. No, oh no, no. Uh, she just essentially look, look, said look, look. no one can do anything about her actions. Look, I'm sure Natty really tries when she gets to do her backstage segment. I'm sure she's really trying, but you know it's a for effort. Mm. Uh, the Viking Raiders then cut a straight promo like they used to with the red light in the background. No acapella singing, unfortunately. No giant turkey legs. Uh, calling out the Street Profits, saying they are the smoke. Uh, did you prefer this to last week's carpool karaoke? 100%. I really liked this. I thought this was, you know, because this is all about story and character. They talked about how, you know, the Street Profits only won the NXT Tag Team Championships because we relinquished them. You only won the Raw Championships because we were injured. You can't beat us. And I, you know, and I, I love that line. You'll always be second best. You want the smoke? We want the smoke. I thought it was actually a really, really good promo. And, it got, and, and I've not been that into this feud. But this got me more into this feud. I uh, yeah, it, it was the the content was good. I would have just preferred it in the form of song in a moving vehicle. <laughs> Street Profits it, like challenged them to a non-title match, I believe, later on for next week, which I thought I just assumed was going to be a corporate climb the corporate ladder. Well, I'd imagine the the Viking Raiders will beat them next week, and by beating the tag champs, you then get a shot at the tag champs for Money in the Bank. I hate that. Uh, then we got Jinder Mahal returning and squashing to Zawa. Then we got uh, the Apollo Andrade stuff, which w- was a good match, but we've we said our piece there. Uh, Angel Garza in the midst of all this blurted hard way with Charlie Caruso. Where do you think that's going to go? Well, she was very much into it. So uh, I think that they will go on a very, very sexy date in catering because there's no restaurants open (laughs) that would be amazing or if they do it over a phone there's there's a lot of there's a lot of jokes you can put in with that i was listening to a podcast uh the other day and the producer on that show said that her friend went on a a first date during lockdown but you know via google hangouts with a guy that she's been chatting on tinder they just and so they both cooked the same meal they both sat down and had that meal together and had a first date. So maybe Charlie and Angel Garza are going to have their first date via Google Hangouts or Zoom, if you prefer. Did it go any further? Well, the producer just said that it was, <gasps> the date did not go very well, so uh, they oh, probably well, won't be seeing well, each other well, again. Well, well. <laughs> tell me more, tell me more. 
Uh, after that, we got Becky Lynch, uh, a little clip from her 24 documentary. It was, you know, typically excellent stuff, really, from WWE's yeah. documentary department. And they edited... They managed to find... They find the one shot that makes it look like that Rousey was actually pinned. <laughs> and the, the one editing sequence where it makes me go, man, that was a good match. Uh, <laughs> then we got uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander beating... I don't think they're NXT guys. They Correct are. Me if they are called they Ever are, yeah. Rise. I really liked this team as well. They mm. had like an enhancement match on NXT where like they were the enhancement talent. But like the lad, he shaved off his mustache, unfortunately. But he had an incredible amount of character. Like you know, they've got their fleur de leaves on their their trunks on their their tights rather. And I really, really, I, I mean, I remember doing the the review show with Laurie afterwards, and he couldn't quite fathom why i was like i thought this team was great and so i was actually quite chuffed to see ever rise make it to raw granted you know to be beaten very quickly by uh team uh or do, what are you calling them or are you uh, the vince mcmahon pulled my push support club there you go um but yeah they got beat by them and then mvp uh said that he has signed new talent which is shane thorne and brendan vink so are they now official nxt call-ups or are Ricochet and Cedric going to beat them and MVP is going to find a different tag team to beat them instead? I don't know. It's not inspiring. I like Shane Thorne and Brandon Bink. I agree with you. I like Everrise. Uh, I like Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. But they're all losing to each other. And then the ones <laughs> that have the best record lose to the people above them. I, I find it very hard to care. And with all the very good athleticism that Ricochet and Cedric Alexander have... I mean, I, yeah, I thought there was something about Everrise where I was just more into them because Ricochet yeah. and Alexander, unfortunately, are just a totally superficial act right now. There's nothing to them the, character-wise. They're uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick, mm. the, the lads that do the flips. They're air boom. Like, they're, oh, they're no, yeah. no, no character. Like, you know, no, no, no flips, just fists. Well, this is, this is no character, just flips. Like, that is, that is what they're there to be. Um, but on Thorn and Bink, yeah, it's it's. I I I like I like all the people involved, but WWE have booked them into a position where it's very difficult to care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Uh, after and then we got the main event segment. I, I by the way, I actually really enjoyed this episode of Raw. I thought everything mm-hmm. was pretty good, apart from the women's match, which actively frustrated me. But this main event segment, Jerry Lawler involvement aside, was really terrific and actually one of the better contract signing segments in a long time when you announce a contract signing for tv i i lose interest because mm. I've, I've i've seen a thousand of them over the last 10 years like i don't i i'm, I'm kind of over contract signings i think it's quite a, a lazy way to do it um it's why i really enjoyed aew doing the weigh-in instead i thought it, that felt like a different way of, of doing the exact same thing but you know in a, in a, a different presentation but this was great this was really really great and it was all down to just and i i've feel like i'm a broken record when i say this it's, it's the, the characters were there like this was drew was a great character seth's promo was absolutely brilliant where he was putting over drew and says like one day you're you will be a great champion but what we what we, we don't need a great champion right now we need a leader and i'm a leader um you know am i being clear and drew said yeah it is clear it's clear you're full of s oh is that a naughty word Said a naughty word. Get him over. 
Uh, yeah, and just the, the way Seth carries himself as well. I thought I had my favourite Messiah look down, which is the sort of leather jacket and the top knot and the beard. I love that look and the glove. And then he comes out dressed for a funeral in a black suit, black tie, white shirt, one singular black glove. He's got it full of Vaseline, Curly. I thought he looked so awesome. He looks yeah, like he's walked wicked. straight out of an anime. He looks like yeah. he could be a member of that Japanese promotion uh, faction I can't say the name of. I'll just say L.I.K. <laughs> he looked like one of the... Uh, a baddie from Final Fantasy VII. Like, I, I thought he looked rad. And he... Uh, so Seth finally signs the contract and Drew smashes his head into the table, gives him the Glasgow kiss, and from out of nowhere ran bloody Buddy Murphy. Thank you. Um, thanks Seth they're back together and it was so so great and then Seth like looked at him there this look of they haven't seen each other in weeks months and I was like is there a turn just grabbed and hugged him tight to be like I'm so glad you're back and then Buddy Murphy throws Seth out of the way so he can take the claymore loved this segment it was it was really really good and I think you're right it, it all comes down because, you know, you can put fancy, as you've seen, like you can have crowds there, you can have pyro, you can have loads of people running in and superficial spots. But really, if you've got the fundamentals, which are two diametrically opposed characters, and that's what Drew and Seth are right now. You've got Seth as this almost, uh, you know, 90s action movie, really good villain. And Drew is the everyman babyface yeah. coming up like, no, I've had enough of you. Oh, it's it's really cathartic to see it all play out. Can't wait for Ginger yeah, to ruin seeing... everything. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought this was I thought this was exemplary stuff. And I totally agree with the contract signing stuff from, you know, 15 years, really. It's become such a trope uh, that this... That I, I, they they managed to bring all the drama of those backstage sit-down interviews, which work so much better as pre-filmed segments than they do live in the ring in front of an audience. They brought all of that intensity into the ring here. So now I'm thinking, huh, did WWE just accidentally reinvent their own contract <sighs> signing formula? So in, in the future, I hope they really look at this segment as how they can adapt it for for a live audience in the future mm. yeah i thought it was great really 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 cool segment mm. uh i thought it was a very good show i gave it four out of five i just i, I think it is becoming a bit that the limited roster is becoming a bit exposed now in in the repetitive matches i completely agree with you like i'm not on i I'm, I'm, couldn't uh, agree less with with uh or disagree more rather with um uh, brian alvarez's whole thing of just like you know burying nxt talent because i don't think they are burying nxt mm. talent like they're they're always enhanced it's not like they're bringing adam cole up and and beating him in squash matches like they are these are enhancement guys but it also feels like they're not really getting anything out of it. like the people who are beating them aren't getting anything out of it and yeah it is it it's quite exposed how shallow the roster is at the moment that, that they have at their disposal. You know, like, we've not seen hide or hair for Kevin Owens since WrestleMania, you know, and that was his yeah. his big WrestleMania win, and it's meant nothing. Seth's in the title match. Like, you know, it's so Owens getting that win meant diddly squat. 
and so that that's kind of a shame and i really didn't re- i didn't get on with either women's match unfortunately because i i think mm. you you booked a match you never intended to do and you then said that Liv Morgan started a new chapter by having a rematch from last week, which is not starting anything new. So I, I thought I thought that was that was quite silly, and it, it makes me care about Liv even less because it just shows that she's got even less direction than she had last week. Uh, so the rest of the super chats then. Uh, Pavi let Andy out of his cage. Uh, so out of the women's money in the bank match, Becky already beat Asuka, Baszler. I imagine they'll put the case on Lacey and she cashes it in after Bailey versus Sasha. So a SmackDown win, Pavi reckons. I could certainly see that. Yeah, I think it makes almost... I mean, yeah. I think it probably makes more sense for it to go on to someone from SmackDown than it does on Raw. But, yeah, but then you ask the question, what do you do? Well, Becky's already feuding with Baszler, right? Like That's what they set up after Mania. So you don't really need to have Baszler win Money in the Bank. You can just have them do a match at Extreme Rules or whatever pay-per-views after. Probably Backlash. Yeah, I yeah I don't know what way they're going to go really, but I think uh, I'd like the title to stay in the Bailey Sasha feud. Uh, Pavi again says this is just throwing the case to Jinder or Baron and fail to cash in. Honestly, don't see any of the wrestlers as main event. WWE made them look like that i could actually do you know what that's a really good point pavi that you could just put the briefcase onto jinder so you can have that cash in moment of oh my god they're going to make jinder a two-time champion only for drew to beat him again or only for drew to beat him and be like yep you know it's a good baby face moment for drew he stopped jinder from being two-time champion that could work actually, just like how they use Drew as a as a way to destroy bad booking with the Eric Rowan spider yeah. reveal. Uh Pavi again. Thank you, Pavi. Baron is a lot safer than Nia Jax, and he actually has heat. Only heat I have with Nia Jax is when she freaking screams. I, I've said this many times before, but I think Baron gets heat in promos, does not get heat in matches because he's quite boring. But that's not that, that oh, that's disagree. not his fault. That's those are the matches that he's booked into. But he, he's really good at stopping and riling up the crowd in a match. I think he's he's actually quite nuanced. I that. I'm gonna I, I do disagree because do you remember like the match he had with Seth in Saudi Arabia where like he was really exposed to being quite bad at it, and it was very noticeable during his WrestleMania match with Elias when he didn't have a crowd to play off against, and then just go yeah. and go. It got super boring. Uh, Shannon Smith, Zelina adds an. An A, Angel, Austin, Andrade, Alistair, now Apollo. Oh, no. Uh, well, Alistair is just a real-life husband. Look, the, the, the A stuff is fun, but it's kind of like the 3MB. a We don't actually want it. Uh, Michael Dominguez, glad WWE are pushing the Chicanos, Andrade, Garza, Vega, though no one's available. We aren't shown well. Eddie lies, lies and cheats. Ray, look at small, look at how small he is. Yeah, so I suppose they're, you know, they are still heels, but it is good they are being treated and booked to to a proper. I have extent. some people. I rather sorry. I have some people. I have seen some people say that the group is not being booked particularly strong because, like, you know, they lost last week, pretty much all their matches. Um, they lost here again. Andrade only won because Apollo injured himself. But so I, I could see an argument made for that. But I do think that they are being presented quite well. I mean, I like them as a group, with the exception of Austin Theory just being there. Mm. 
I think it's really well done. Uh, Forged by Gaming. 2K took the man a bit too literal with the uh, WWE Battlegrounds bulge. I saw a lot of people say that on the old Twitter machine, yeah. Uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad again. Any reason why NXT champ Charlotte is on the Money in the Bank poster and not Raw champion Becky? I think it may set up for cash-in on NXT titles. I mean, you certainly could make it. I think they were just showing the breadth of... Because you can't have, like... I mean, Braun's not on the poster either. Um, so I don't think it really means anything. I don't... And Becky's not really got a match on the show, has she? I don't think no, she's going to No, I think be they're doing, probably going to do Charlotte versus EO at... Um, uh, money in the bank Rich McCann I think you guys give Corbin a bad rap based on his bad booking amazing safe worker decent on the mic and an impressive figure now that his head is shaved also Sean Spears versus Billy Gunn is great um, did we we didn't say Baron Corbin was an unsafe I, worker I don't think we point? ever have no I certainly have I've certainly never no. said that he's like he is as safe as a pair of hands as you're likely going to get he is he is literally mold. he's like the Miz he is molded in that WWE style mm. of being incredibly safe at what you do um I've just I've we've said it many times before I've not had a problem with Baron Corbin as a person it's just I think he's been booked very very poorly yeah, he's but he's also been booked really strongly. He's just been over pushed almost. Like he's a fantastic mid card heel. He should not be anywhere near the main event. Uh, Fernando Gaines, do you think Quarant the quarantine <laughs> Thorn and Binks will stay on the main roster after the lockdown? We'll see what happens with the, after the feud with uh, Rollin. Oh, what are they called? Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. I think probably just because even after lockdown ends. WWE are going to be still... It's not like going to go back to normal. We're going to have a long period of limited rosters, uh, restricted travel. So yeah, if they're there, they live locally, it seems. They're happy to wrestle in these conditions. So I think they will stick around. Nathan Fultz. Incoming from Canes, Knox County, Tennessee is opening restrictions a lot sooner than Florida. Big, big possibility that you could see WWE moves... Uh, to Canes, Knox County for shows soon. I heard that uh, Dallas was also doing the same thing, which is in Texas. I think it was Knoxville. Knoxville's Tennessee, right? So yeah, I believe Dallas, Texas is mm -hmm. also uh, they're going to like 25% capacity for like restaurants and cinemas and, and things like that. So I mean, yeah, like, uh, you know, th the president of the US is determined to uh, reopen the, uh, the, the country. So yeah, I think that we'll likely see wrestling in some small capacity. Whether that's the right move or not is a totally different conversation i i you know like yeah wwe might move there if florida shuts stuff down but I, I don't actually see them even considering how reckless they've been i don't see vince taking them on the road purely because they can currently tape from the performance center. do you know what and they've got everything there for them. Uh, sorry, I, I, you froze a little bit there, so I didn't actually see that you hadn't finished your sentence, so apologies for that. Um, but I was having a chat yesterday with uh, Brendan of WrestleNomics, and he made brought up a very interesting point about how, you know, you're looking at WWE's numbers. And I said, you know, what's the what are your predictions for the Q2 report? And he's like, they are saving an incredible amount of money by not traveling, by not putting on live shows. They are putting on live shows, but they're not renting out buildings. 
They're not sending mm. production teams. They're not spending the money setting up, th- setting up stuff. So they're actually saving an incredible amount of money. With that said, Vince said on the Q1 investors call that they will be the first people to put on a live show once restrictions are lifted. So you can bet your bottom dollar that they will be there in Knoxville so they can put on the first live sport event and then make 24 documentaries uh, about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nathan Bolts again. Been here since it was just Ollie. Really get, rarely get to see you guys live. Your content has made quarantine much better in Kane's Knox County area. He's a resident in Kane. Kane is that man's <laughs> mayor. Wow. What a time to be alive. Michael Dominguez. Iron Man match could be good storyline with no crowd. Mm, Ooh, no. no, no, no. You want sure to we Have we all forgotten um, that- Edge and Randy Orton's match from WrestleMania? Have we already forgotten that? It's still going on, mate. The Adnap 2. Come on, Ollie. Los Ignorant. L-I-J de Japon is pronounced exactly as Yeah, that's spelled. the problem. <laughs> Los Ingobernables. Nailed it. Uh, and a few last-minute ones have come in. Benny Sato, hey. hashtag justice served for Randy Andy Datsun. Where is my bald Andy merch? <laughs> We could get the sort of the the fake Wrestle Talk Andy branded uh, sort of bald I've got caps. It. No, what we do is we have Andy's face with the bald, but it's got Velcro on it, and you buy the T-shirt with various different <laughs> hairstyles that you can attach to it. It's like a Mr. Potato Head. I like it. Jordan Sexton, hi Wrestle Talk. Can I get a birthday shout out for my sister? Ava, who turns hey. 11 today. Stay safe, you lovely people. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Ava. Hope you're having a fun time during these uh, these lockdown period. I had to have my birthday in lockdown too. And it was actually yeah, quite yeah. nice. So, yeah. Uh, and we've got... Oh, actually, we've got quite a few more coming. Ryan Cluett. I would have liked to see Murphy win the money in the bank. And you could do a story about Seth asking for the briefcase after he loses against Drew. He could call it an offering. I think there's a few ways that story hey. could have gone. That's a really Well, there's a idea. spot open for him. Mmm. Uh, KML. I wish Seth was in the Money in the Bank match instead. <laughs> Missed opportunity to call him Messiah in we the don't need Bank. To, we don't need to brand And have it. the closing... It didn't work for Monster in the Bank. And have the closing... And have the closing shot of the pay-per-view with Seth doing the Messiah pose on top of a ladder on a skyscraper. <laughs> I do like that, though. Uh, Pavila Andy out of his cage. The trio of Spanish good-looking boys aren't being booked well. They came for a fight, yet still lost. I want to see the trio with the tag titles. Um, I mean, I, I don't think just putting belts onto someone. I mean, Andrade's already a champion. Like, I don't think just putting belts on someone is all of a sudden going to make them a better booked team. Yeah, I, 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 I can see why people think they're not being booked well. I think... I think that it's a pretty good job. I feel like they they feel like a, a real significant threat across mm. Raw. Um, Pavi again. Did you guys miss Andrade saying his teammates let him down? Are they breaking up? No, the I said that earlier already? in the show because that that's Andrade's. You know, that was him showing a, a bit of extra character in there that he's annoyed at his other two guys. I don't think they're breaking up the team though. He's just annoyed at them for the loss. Yeah, it's just a character beat. And Pavi again. 
he has opinions today. I may be fantasy booking here, but Andrade wins the money in the bank and gets a shot at Drew and have an NXT kind of match. Mm. I would love yeah, that. Absolutely. I mean, we've, we've already seen WWE's version of that where Andrade doesn't really stand a chance even with two other people in his corner. So, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. Rangers Mayhem, what do you think of the Body Ventura possibility of yeah, running for president? He said that about 20 years ago as well. Like it's, I, I, will, I will believe it when I see it. It's a yearly thing yeah. with Jesse. He's, he's a publicity guy. He's a, he's a pro wrestler. He knows how to promote himself. have a professional wrestler in the White House. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it, mate. Rich, well, honestly, when me and Luke go back and do our Patreon uh, classic podcast records of, of pay-per-views, old WWE pay-per-views, <laughs> half of them have, have, have like, things for Jesse the Body Ventura running yeah. for president. I'm like, did he do it this year as well? Uh, Rich McCann. You did not say Corbin was unsafe. I was trying to point out his good points. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> that's a... I don't think you should have to say, yeah, but he's, he doesn't mm. hurt people as, as a, a benchmark. I'm a fan of his since NXT. Also, I know you don't watch Dark, but I really recommend watching Spears versus Gunn. Mm. Good and I've, I've heard it was good, yeah. Check that out. Mark Olivia Hoot. Reason Kevin Owens isn't on TV is because of an ankle injury suffered at WrestleMania. He talked about it in a French interview Video last week. from... Set did a promo from home. Like, you can still be featured on TV. I, I, I've had so many people say, like, you can't do... Was the Dark Order? Well, you can't do the Dark Order with Brody Lee because mm. they're in Canada. They have the internet there. Like, you can pre-record stuff at home and send it to, to be aired. You can feature Kevin Owens on the show. He just doesn't have to physically be on the show. Yeah, like, look, look we're not physically <laughs> together. We, we can do stuff still. Uh, Nathan Foltz is our final Super Chat for now, I think, unless there's any on Streamlabs. Uh, hearing Kane... So, Nathan Foltz, sorry. Having Kane as a mayor is a great time, especially when he's mad on the imagine. news. I mean, it's corporate Kane, though. I'd imagine it'd be less funny than just like, I'm sick and tired of what you are doing. I am so angry. <laughs> So, Chef, uh, tell me all about your chef exploits. Well, you had some chef exploits as well, didn't you? <laughs> I had some big chef exploits. Maybe yeah. this is a new segment. I smell a new segment, and it smells like plastic. It's chef exploits. Well, <laughs> when I uh, I sort of you know did my bragging post on the old social media about my chef exploits uh, over the weekend and on the Sunday. Um, in fact, two people got in touch saying, like, I mean, Pete's doing great chef exploits as well. I think you two have got a new YouTube channel on the horizon. What's Pete making? He's very good Pete at shopping. Made, well, Pete made a Bailey's cheesecake, like a Bailey's and white chocolate cheesecake, which looked absolutely fantastic. He did that on his day off last Monday. After the wrestler? What? Bailey's. Come oh, on. right. Sorry, I thought I thought I went to a cheesecake. And I was like, cheeseburger. I was like, is that a line from the wrestler that I missed? Like, he's your Excel lady. <laughs> uh, now I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen these social media chef exploits, and all my chef exploits. If you have seen them, they were shared by my lady partner. Oh, on the old uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
yeah, I will. Ha- I'll have a look, but but tell us more about them. Well, I, I'm more curious about your one because you text me a photo on Friday night of your pizzas that you made that looked delicious. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, we did a uh, a shared cooking experience with my sister-in-law and her boyfriend, the brilliant Mickey. Mickey. Um, Mickey. Hello, Mickey love. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, we got onto a Google Hangout together and we made pizzas together following the same recipe. And it was delightful. It was a fennel sausage or fennel and sausage. Uh, what are you talking about? Oh, uh, fennel is disgusting. Oh, no, I love a bit of fennel, mate. Oh, it was delicious God. with the sausage as well. It <laughs> crumbled up the sausage uh, and did it with some uh, toasted fennel oh. and jalapenos. Burnt fennel. It's not burnt fennel, it's toasted oh, fennel. Oh, my God. Fennel is disgusting. There was <laughs> no, fennel it's... tea in the office. God, God rest its soul. Um, <laughs> and I, I tweeted. I never tweet. And I was moved to tweet my disgust of that fennel tea. Well, if it's still there, I'm going to try some when we get back into the office. I'm going to flush it down the toilet. (laughs) I'm going to risk risk coronavirus. I'm going to cycle there tomorrow and I'm going to flush it all down the toilet. A worthwhile endeavour. It's, um, what what do they call it? Essential travel. Oh, yeah. To get rid of the world of fennel tea. Uh, And then on the Saturday, I made a not one, not two, not three, not seven... (laughs) <laughs> but five course meal. Blimey! What were the yeah. courses? So we had a uh, an amuse bouche of uh, chili bubble and squeak, uh, so like spicy bubble and squeak um, potato skins. We then uh, moved on to the starter of uh, lobster. I'm doing air quotes for podcast listeners. Uh, lobster salad served in lettuce cups. And then I had a main of a chicken, doing again, podcast listeners, bunny ears, uh, chicken laksa served with rice and toasted uh, sesame seeds. Then a palate cleanser of a gin and tonic granita. And then finished off with a, bake new, a baked New York vanilla cheesecake. A New York cheesecake? Yes, that's exactly it. And I served it by saying, nice. it's a New York cheesecake. I'm eating here. Yeah. And it was, uh, do you know what? The I've got a lot of that gin and tonic granita left because I made a lot of it. Uh, I made nearly a liter's worth of it, and it is all. <laughs> it is still chilling up in the freezer. And don't judge me too harshly, but I woke up this morning so thirsty because I had a takeaway pizza last night. My mouth was just from the my, you know, from the pizza and the snoring. My mouth was just so dry, and I was like, I need some granita. So I had, at half past six this morning, a couple of spoonfuls of gin and tonic granita. And it just completely, like, it refreshed my entire palate. And I felt great. Ooh, is this a cry for <laughs> I don't know if he's just having fun. No, no, I don't. Or if he's now an alcoholic. I, I, I had that this morning. I was like, I mean, the gin side of it was not as nice as, you know, it was at eight o'clock on a Saturday evening. But um, you know what? It made me feel very, very, very refreshed, and I was very grateful for it. Well, y- your five courses have taken up the entire outro. Sorry, oh. folks, we we had some technical difficulties, so we're going to have to end but it there. We won't now find out about your chef's ploits, which is the new segment, uh, until d- 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 fancy spaghetti. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting slow. Uh, what do you mean by fancy spaghetti? 
We've got to go live. Well, I know, but I'm so curious now. Also, if you don't mind, I'm still trying to open up files because I closed down my entire laptop and I don't I, have my uh, notes. I, I grated. I grated a load of parmesan and I put an egg in it and I whisked it and I made a carbonara sauce out of it and I put that on some cooked spaghetti with leek uh, while I was having to stir it really quickly so I didn't accidentally make scrambled egg. And it was delicious. Mate, look at you. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed, mate. Sounds great. Maybe you can... uh, No, I can have that. Yeah, maybe you can make that for me uh, once once this is all over, mate. I was all vegetarian. Yeah, vegetarian. (laughs) Uh, right, well, I'll tell you what, we'll probably better get out of here then and I'll try and get the rest of my notes up because I still haven't. Um, but anyway, that is all we've got time for on this edition of the show. Sorry, it was a bit shorter. I uh, This is going to be the last podcast recorded on the Dell laptop that I bought for my new job at WrestleTalk. And it's it's had its day and I've got a new new computer arriving today. You served this well, Dell laptop, up and down the district line for three years. <laughs> It's, it did serve us well for a long time, but now it takes me ages to do anything. Uh, I'm still trying to load Discord. So um, this will be my last time doing this. So it should be fine from now on. But we'll see you on Thursday with the AEW and NXT reviews. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.